Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts. This is free land education. It's hard to find out there, guys. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant, broker, owner, co-broker, tri-broker owner <laughs> with uh, Teresa Martin and uh, Abby Bobbitt. And uh, our company's Land Pro Real Estate, and Teresa's our co-host. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm good. Boy, we got a great guest today. He knows a lot of stuff that you don't know about. I can't wait to hear him. Okay, let's get going. On our our office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and Southern Virginia. So give us a shout, guys. Hey, we'll help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute. Now, this is something that you definitely need to listen to. Our national website is www.rliland.com. If you're buying or selling land or farms, go to this website, find one of our 1,900 members who are nationwide, and definitely try to find an uh, ALC accredited land consultant. Uh, I think we just went over Teresa's 600 now uh, in the country. And we're 78 years old. We, we are overeducated uh, realtors that specialize in land, okay? So uh, if you want to save money uh, when you're selling, if you want to, I mean, buying, or if you want to uh, save money when you're selling, make money when you're selling. Boy, I got that all backwards, didn't I? Anyway, www.rliland.com. We'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. Buying or selling land, Landhub is the place to be. Our guest this morning is Benjamin Carter, Jr. Welcome, Benjamin. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Lou. Hey, Rodney. How y'all doing today? We're doing all good. doing great. Where are you calling from? I am calling you from Columbus, Georgia. Columbus. All right. How's, how's Columbus down there? Did, did, he, did, he, did, he, did, did he sell off yet? <laughs> it's, uh, it's going well down here. We... Uh, Waiting for it to chill down just a little bit. The mornings are getting nice, but uh, I'll tell you the uh, the opportunity to be down here and be active in brokerage. Uh, there's there's a lot of diversity in this area, Lou. There's the the Piedmonts, there's rivers, there's lakes, uh, there's agricultural land, all to our north, south, east, and west within about 40 minutes. So it's a really really diversified place to be. Uh, it's got a lot of culture to it as well. Obviously, with having Bidding down here and uh, uh, some major uh, corporate headquarters, you get a nice, uh, quaint southern downtown. It's actually a town that you can walk and shop, so it's a nice place to call home base. I hear you. What's the population down there? Uh, a little over 100,000, I okay. think. It's kind of interesting. If you actually uh, compared it over to Charleston, South Carolina, they're about the same size. They're gotcha. laid out very differently. Yeah, totally. Don't, don't have the uh, ocean there. You so, don't have the ocean, but you've got the rivers. Yep, you uh, do. Chattahoochee River down here. Chattahoochee. Wonderful. Yeah. Right, Chattahoochee. You got it. So we got a lot of great things to talk about today. Let me introduce you, if I may, okay? Sure. Benjamin grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, but is typically found on the weekends on his family's 1,200-acre hunting preserve property in Madison, Georgia. Hunting quail and ducks and dove or fishing for bass, Benjamin as a teenager, would work on the property during the summer. In college, Benjamin picked up deer hunting and began handling properties for QDM program. What's QDM program? Quality deer management. Oh, gotcha. Well, duh. As well as learn how to process the uh, uh, venison himself from the harvest shot to the cured meat and sausages. I'm coming to your. I'm coming to your freezer. Benjamin attended the College of Charleston. What a great school! What a beautiful setting that is down there. Uh, hopefully, I'll be teaching at uh, the Citadel before the end of the year, our two-day Lamb 101 class. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. After graduation, Benjamin worked for his father's company, Ben Carter Property. So you got Ben Carter and Benjamin Carter, uh, Jr., as well as vice president in charge of land sales and acquisitions for regional malls and shopping centers and part of the development team. After his departure from BCP, Benjamin took his skills and he had gained and became a franchise for a national restaurant band, developing several locations for site selections uh, and openings. He uh, then uh, oversaw key team members who were operating day-to-day operations on the restaurants and his owner. Benjamin has a passion for spending time in God's creation, uh, 
and so do Teresa and I, and enjoy seeking people, to seeing people find the property that they can enjoy as stewards of land and hunters. Benjamin also has substantial experience in commercial real estate and can easily facilitate those deals of that nature. His practice and style of negotiating that is friendly, energetic, straightforward, but most importantly, full of integrity. And uh, Benjamin has a, a wife and a son and a girl, a little girl, and they reside in Columbus, Georgia, as he said, he's calling from. And he's also studying on his Master's of Divinity as an online student of Southwestern Baptist. And that is another excellent uh, school. So uh, anyway, uh, here we go. What are we going to talk about this morning? Well, I think that first off, I got the easiest way to, to set the foundation of it, Lou, would be um, I thought of a topic on integrity and honesty in real estate. Deals. Love it. And uh, a good easy way to start that is go back to the beginning of my career. I was about 23 years old and started working with my dad's company. I had two older gentlemen uh, that had been brokers uh, in his land division of brokerage for about 12 years. They'd been a team. One primarily handled large tracks um, for commercial development and residential development. The other one was more involved in getting the land for shopping centers and the like. So they, I was kind of under their wing, and I'd, I'd been there all of about four months. Now, to back up, I'd, I'd followed Dad around since I was a little eight-year-old boy. I, I used to like to dress up and go to meetings with him, and he would take me on business trips. And uh, there's a funny story where he was making one of the most important um, presentations of his career at the time, and I was a little kid playing playing airplanes around a, a model of the Sears Tower, and I spilled Coca-Cola across the middle of his presentation. Oh, no. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, but uh, basically, you know, I'd been around real estate uh, my whole life and had been interested in it, intrigued with it. But once I got in the seat of actually getting into dealings of it, you know, it looked like a lot of fun, looked like uh, a lot of energy and uh, excitement. But, uh, you know, early in my career, I got handed handling – that land sales uh, department of dad's company. And I, I learned very, very quickly uh, the importance of integrity and the, uh, the importance of honesty. I, I had a contract young in, and it was actually for my grandfather on my mother's side. He owned a mountain. It's called Lost Mountain. It was uh, to the west of uh, Marietta, Georgia. And it was a mountain that he had had for a long, long time, bought it way back when. And uh, I was asked to sell that mountain and to integrate with developers. And uh, I had a lot of people teaching me along the way. I mean, that's, that's what I really had asked. And I, I know how you lean on education so much. So I remember when I took over the, the land sales for Dad's company, he said, son, can you, can you handle this? And I said, please throw me the baby elephant. But I've got two things. I've, I've got to ask somebody a lot of questions. I'll try not to ask the same question twice. And and when I make a mistake, I will not make the same mistake twice. Well, this falls in that second category. <clears throat> this mountain had a contract on it. And there was a lot going on and uh, with entitlements to the, to the land and the soil types. And so we'd had a lot of contracts bouncing around. And I one day was in a big, quick hurry. And I ran out the door. This contract had been adjusted. And, and just so you know, I was uh, helping my grandfather negotiate this. And he would call me to his house sometimes two times a day, at least three times a week. And I would have to travel across Atlanta and go see him and sit down and be very patient with him um, and listen to him tell me that back in his day, a contract was one, one piece of paper. And why can't it be one piece of paper? And I would show up this time, and he would say, oh, I've been thinking about it. I want to change this. And I'd, I'd have to look to him and say, sir, we, in all due respect, we'd already agreed not to do that. <laughs> and, you know, I just I, yeah. I was learning a lot quickly. Uh, oh, yeah. And the fact that it was my grandfather, it, it made it easier and worse. Anybody that's worked with family, they know what I mean by that. It, it made it uh, stressful in a, in a regard. And so, anyway, back to the to the day. We have a lot moving around. I'm really busy. Uh, I have an attorney send me a contract that they said was the correct draft. I take it to my grandfather, and he looked at me, uh, and he said, is this the right draft? 
and every single document I had put in front of that man to this moment, he had reviewed thoroughly. And I said, yes, sir. So he said, well, you say it's the right draft. It's the right draft. And he signed his name. Wow. To his mountain. I went promptly to the purchaser's office, and this was a big residential developer, and I put the contract on the table, and they're all looking at the contract, and I'm looking at them, and they're smiling, and they get out their pens, and they get ready to sign the contract. Lou, I looked down, the purchase price is off by $3 million, (laughs) and I grabbed the contract off the table. I mean, this is, this is, this really happened. I grabbed the contract off the table and literally ripped it in half. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, there has been a grave error and I will be back in touch with y'all. I'm very sorry. And I walked out the door. No way. And I will tell you, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I was 23 years old. Here was this huge multi-million dollar transaction. <laughs> that was my grandfather's and my father had just given me these great responsibilities and I did the I did the first thing. I I went straight to my father's house with my tail between my legs, and I just I remember my hands just shaking, having to go I tell him why my poor mother listens because it's her father's property. And he looked at me and he said, "Well, son, I have to tell you now, uh, I appreciate you being a man and coming right here. But next time you do this, you need to bring me a solution. Don't just bring me a problem." And he said, what do you plan on doing? And I said, I plan on riding back over to granddaddy's, sitting down with him. I plan on then going back to the purchasers and telling them that I've made an error because ultimately I didn't review the contract. I'm not going to blame this on the attorney. I'll talk to the attorney afterwards. And that's what I did. And that was that's a, that was a young, early what a great experience. integrity <laughs> that I encountered. How many acres was this mountain? Oh, roughly, roughly. Place. I think it was a little over 100. Okay. Little Mountain. Yeah, it's a little bitty. It is. It, you got to look it up. It's called Lost Mountain. It's a little mountain. There is a had a lot of World War. I mean, uh, um, Civil War history. A lot huh. of Civil War history. There was a battle fought there. Wow. It's right near Kennesaw Mountain. Yeah. Wow. What a great experience that is. Uh, huh. I don't know what I would have done. What have you done, Teresa? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I would have done exactly what Eva would have done. I'd have grabbed that contract, ripped it in half. Can you imagine those people's faces when he did that with yeah. no explanation? Like they're thinking, "No, we're the deal's over, and I'm out of here." The heck with you guys. I mean, well, I mean, what else can you do? Mistakes do happen. Well, I'm trying to visualize being in the room as the buyer, <laughs> and somebody does that to me. I'm like, with no explanation, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> wow." Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you, it, it definitely taught me to uh, to check my contracts. And um, you know, another another thing with that is is I was always taught there's always fleas on the dog, and if there are, you tell people early. You got uh, it. You know, that's as we're dealing in land, uh, and I know how passionate y'all are about it, like I am. Absolutely. You know, there's always going to be something to that land. You got it. And and our job as agents is kind of helping. If, if there's a if there's what they call a quote unquote pig, you know we try to we try to sell the pig to make the pig look like the prom queen, but you still want people to know, hey, that's a pig. She is quite pretty. Uh, you know there is there's aspects of access or uh, maybe a uh, segment of the property that's been uh, had some damage to it or, or difficulties, but it's it's always best to make sure people. Uh, are able to uh, digest that stuff so you don't run into to issues issues down the road. I've seen a lot of times in deals where, where people aren't honest and they don't have integrity, and it, it ends up coming back to be a real bad situation for yeah. them. Well, those are the two key words, and, and uh, we live them and breathe them and, and express them and teach them. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, that's one thing I, I really enjoy about our vocation uh, is uh, we're, we're helping people. Uh, that that's I tell people in my class we're not real estate agents we're not realtors and they you know they look at me and they say well what are we I said we're professional problem solvers and if you have trouble solving your own problems you know we have enough trouble with with the, with the public out there you know for different reasons but we don't need it with other agents so that door you came in uh, at the first break you may want to go out of it and keep going and selling used cars or something it's kind of a blunt way to start a class but you know it's it's you know it's just the way I do it. It's kind of been 
Very interesting. Hey, we, our guest today is Benjamin Carter. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. Benjamin, we were talking about integrity and honesty in real estate dealings. And I know that your Christian faith is very important to you, and I'm just wondering how you apply that to real estate. Well, great. Well, I appreciate that, Teresa. You know, it's interesting. Before I really uh, considered myself a believer, I, I definitely was bringing honesty and integrity into the business dealings I was doing, but I, I, was, more, I was more aggressive towards kind of pushing my will into, into a deal and, and getting that deal um, – across the finish line, um, kind of force feeding the deal, I think. And, you know, now it's, it's more like here, here's the plate, here's what we've prepared. Uh, here's the ingredients and the chef's preparation and your utensils. And would you like something to drink with that? And, and then kind of stepping back and, and really letting it, it be the decision of folks. And, um, I equate that to my Christian faith because, you know, if you look at the fruits of the spirit as a believer, uh, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and we have the fruits of the Spirit. And Galatians 5, 22-23 says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right. Now, we're talking about doing real estate transactions where there's a lot of moving pieces and big decisions and, and money involved, emotions involved, whether it be good or bad emotions, you, you never know what's going to be coming with that property, that buyer, that seller. Um, a lot of times these are exciting days. Sometimes they're, they're the worst day for somebody to be, to be losing something that they loved, but it's getting sold anyway. And so it can be really, really difficult. I mean, you come, you come to uh, the end of a due diligence period, and they're not done with the survey or uh, the title has is, is got some correction to it that uh, it's going to take substantial time, especially these days. It's very, very hard to fulfill those fruits of the Spirit. But what I continuously try to do, and, and this, is, this is progress, not perfection, is I try to exude these in my dealings with anyone and everyone in my life, but especially in real estate. And what I've come to find is it's, it's really – a wonderful situation. I had a, I had a deal, uh, I said about a survey a second ago, I had a deal the other day where we were splitting off two acres and a house um, from property, and we were, we were getting a survey done on it, and it was very, uh, the driveway went through the, the neighboring property, okay? And so the neighboring property was owned by the same individuals, but when they went out to survey it, they're saying, what, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And everybody seemed to be getting, on the, the buying side, seemed to be getting really nervous about the situation. And I, I practiced these principles. I got on the phone. I heard the problem through. You know, I didn't, I didn't handle it perfectly, um, but I, I do think that what, what I was able to do in that patience and that kindness, uh, that gentleness and self-control, was I literally just got on the phone they were saying we can't get the, a, a surveyor that can do it quickly enough, and this surveyor saying this and this. Well, I had good contacts, and I made good contacts, and I delivered those to the person and got them in touch. And then I just I left it alone. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sitting there looking for credit or accolade. It was just trying to do the best by my clients and and seeing the deal through. And again, that, I think that's a Christian element. You know, further in Galatians, Galatians five twenty four says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. I think that's a... In real estate, we often see where agents are highly competitive. And, you know... Uh, as a business principle, rising tides lifts all ships. It makes more sense for us to work together. But as a, as a Christian real estate agent, I'm, I'm instructed to act this way. And um, when I do act this way, I've seen things work out wonderfully. And when I do not, I have a loving God who is kind, kind <laughs> enough to make a correction to me. So, um, and another, another scripture here that I like for this is Colossians 3, 
23 through 24, whatever you do, do your work, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So, again, as a Christian believer, we, we can get, you know, I get really excited in doing real estate. It's why I, I never go to work each day. I, I go and do something I'm passionate about. And, uh, but it's, it's just important to remember the kingdom's role in everything and, and the fact that, that we, have an, we have an eternal freedom that's coming and an eternal reward that, you know, while we're here in dealings with others, the other thing is, as a Christian, it's incredibly important to remember the, the aspect of salt and light. You're, you're supposed to be exuding these qualities. And like I said, I've had, I will admit, I've had times that I've definitely had to come back around and, and make an either an amend or a correction to some action that doesn't match up with these. And we, you, can, you can do it simply with some prayer to realize whether you're, you're on track or not. Hmm. I just figured out something that you need to do. Uh-oh. I can't wait to hear <laughs> you this. You need to make motivational tapes for real estate agents with a oh, divine... Uh. Theme. You know, theme yeah. in them to help people Wouldn't when they're great? out on the road that we can listen to. <laughs> Are you talking about me or Lou? Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, you. Definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. I'm, I, listen, I'm I'm, I'm humbled. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I think I think when I'm on the topic of of uh, being a Christian real estate agent, it's it's truly trying to stay in the fruit of that. Right. Well, well you're you're the one in divinity school, not me. Well, I, I've already been there. <laughs> and still practice. Well, that's an amazing thing yeah. because, you know, in, in the end, we totally. are all human and we are all flesh. All good and stuff. And that does, you know, make us not perfect. So we have to constantly be reminded of that. And yeah, like selling your grandfather's mountain for less than $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, it ended up, Lou, as wild as it is, it ends up being that, uh, we got a good contract on that, and this is this is just how real estate is. Exactly. The residential developers went out of there and did soil borings. They said there's too much rock on the mountain. Yep. <laughs> yeah, been there. Too today. much rock on the yeah. mountain. No, I I just left. I just had gave one that was over almost a thousand acres with five and a half miles on the river, some of it on two sides, and I always knew this: do the soil first, and I didn't. And had the surveyor go ahead and start surveying. And then when the soil guy came, uh, the, this particular part of it was 70 acres. Uh, there was basically none that would perk. It was either too much slope or too, too, too uh, shallow soil depth. So I, I, I eat crow on that one. Uh, and and it, uh, as, experienced, that. as experienced yeah. as I am, uh, almost 30 years, you know, it just, you know, sometimes you don't think it through. You know, it's just... Uh, Sometimes it just becomes, and in, in, in that case, I ask for forgiveness instead of thanking him for uh, the opportunity. So, anyway, right. we all have our, our stories. <laughs> That's right. So you were talking about um, being, you know, getting up every day and not, not going to work because you're in a, well, you're in service for, for yourself and for God because that's part of what you're supposed to do as a Christian is to be of service to others. Is that part of your self-motivation as an agent? Yeah, it's a great question, Teresa. I, you know, for, for me, I think self-motivation and um, the way I come at it with who I am now as a believer has, has definitely adapted over the years, um, especially when we look back at that whole do not envy aspect. Yeah. Right. So I, I used to get, I used to get, you know, motivated like, like the old Titans of our country where there was a, um, you know, a competitor that was like Rockefeller and Carnegie. There was a competitor that was pushing me. Right. And uh, I, I think today um, it is a path of least, least resistance in the sense that what I'm doing is I'm waking up in the morning I'm quickly getting in touch with God. I'm getting, I'm getting gratitude. I'm doing, I'm doing something that, that gets me like for me, literally it's, um, I'll get some, some physical exercise or I'll listen to a, a good, uh, spiritual tape. Um, and I, I'll get myself in a, a place where I'm already at a good baseline in the day to, to let God's will be done in that day. But I, 
a lot of my daily interactions as a real estate agent that keeps me self-motivated, um, speaking to other agents, you know, not just as, as listing agents, as brokers, we're always online and you see people's faces and you see their name and maybe some titles and what company they're with. I would encourage folks not to talk to them when they've got a client to bring them. Uh, don't let that be the first time you talk to them. And so uh, it's nice when you talk to other agents and see that they're busy and they're doing things. So sometimes I'll, I'll just call on other brokers and uh, introduce myself if I haven't worked with them yet. And that way when I come back around, and, it, and it's nice because you hear So it takes that whole previous concept I was talking about being envious and turns it into a positive well, that's interesting. Where, where I'm networking. I do that in a way because I teach and I'm exposed to a lot of agents and, some, and eventually some of them, a small percentage, but, um, you know, I work with them in some capacity. It's an advisor on a project that they need help with or with a co-list or for a referral. So I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, but you're taking it to another level. You're actually reaching out, is my understanding, Benjamin, to um, other agents uh, in your market area and establishing a relationship. You're starting a career. You know, you're not, I've been doing this 30 years. Everybody knows who I am, or most of them do. And, uh, but uh, that's, that's interesting, Teresa. Well, if you think about it, I came from a commercial background. Right. So I may have been involved in several hundred million dollars of real estate transactions, but if you've never worked with me and you just saw my, my face and my sign show up in your territory, I mean, you don't know anything about me. It's anything, you, you might just think, oh, there's that guy from Atlanta coming to our market. Like, you don't, you don't know who I am, and, uh, you know, it, that element of it might make it sound self-serving, but... In, in networking with folks, what's been interesting for me is a lot of times I then will, here's the benefit you get out of it. I'll have somebody come look at one of my listings, and they'll tell me about the attributes they're looking for, and my property just happens to not fit for them. Right. So I then, I then can turn that into a lead and contact one of these other agents that I know, and if you've had a good experience with the people, you've then gained a buyer – and you can go take him to those other agents, and when you call them and they've talked to you before and know you, and you say, hey, I've got a buyer, and he looked at one of my listings, he might be interested to come over and take a look at yours. Uh, he's a customer of mine now. And that that just, for some reason, it, it seems to, it, it, from my experience, has worked really well. But also, Teresa, back to your point on self-motivation, you know, I actually do some things that are pretty funny uh, as far as, like, what they teach you back in school, but they work. You know, I do a, I do a task list each week. When I start my week, I, I get out the goals for the week, the goals for the day, and I, and I just do quick bullet points. And when I do that, I put down work. I put down a goal for personal life. Uh, that might be exercise, whatever. I put down a goal for family. If you have a, if you have a family or you're involved with a church or something, and then I also have down a spiritual element. So what I'm going to try to do that week, sometime I'm going to purposely set aside to get centered. And yearly, I'll do a one, a three, five, ten-year goals, and I like to kind of look back at it throughout the year. It's kind of fun. I mean, your ten-year oh, yeah. goal is really kind of a dare-to-dream thing. But it, it's been interesting for me over time. When I do these things and I'm having a day where I'm not motivated, I can crack back open these lists and I will go, look at this. I did that. I did that. You know, and it, it, it motivates me. It reminds me of the kind of the, uh, the war has not been won, but these smaller battles. And that's, that's another thing, too. I think whenever you, you have uh, anything that you can um, – anything that you can be proud of uh, that – in an appropriate way, uh, like I, I maintain a, a deals closed database. I look at the deals that I've closed. I can go back and look at that and it'll remind me of business dealings I've done, and I can get motivation out of that. Interesting and all good stuff. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> that was interesting to me too because I do a to-do list and a goals list, but I never thought about putting personal and family and church in there. Why not? I just think about work all the time, but you know what? It, you have to be well-rounded. Well, I you think learned something today. A good, yeah, I think it's a good, a good thing to, to do. I like that. Yeah, especially the God element. Yeah, because that's what makes it all work. You know. Well, I start my day with God. If I don't, it don't quite Me go too. like it should. <laughs> well, I end it with him too. Hey, our guest today is Benjamin Carter. This is Let's Talk Land. 
We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? LandHub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. So we were talking about striving to be the best, not the biggest. Give us some pointers. All right. Well, you know, I I equate that to appropriate pride as well. um, So this can be really personal for somebody and how they how they do it but that's exactly where where i am in a in a brokerage and i'm I'm blessed to have been involved in some really massive real estate transactions in my life i was actually part of a land acquisition in atlanta that was as a younger man in my mid-20s at uh 43 properties that we got under contract simultaneously and we were running you know really fast and and locking up this basically 285 million dollar land acquisition and, you know, even, even in the midst of something like that, um, you know, the, the quality level of what we were doing and, and who we were, um, the real principles that I was, I was trained in um, young in my career, and that's carried over. And, and it links in good with all the other aspects we were talking about of being a, a, a Christian uh, businessman and, and just having integrity and honesty. So being the best, not the biggest to me is things like, showing my listings i don't i'm not a here's the gate code kind of guy and i know there's people in different kinds of segments of of real estate and there's there's different ways of doing it like residential does where it's more common for a buyer's agent to come with the client but in in land dealings i i like to show my own listings there's times that people and situations happen that i can't but um for the most part if you hire me you're going to get me to sell your land um another thing for me is Spending time with someone that's right in front of you. This world we're in today, and I fall victim to this all the time. We're going and going and going and going and going. I was on a conference call the other day, and I just couldn't help it. These two men were on the phone. I've been trying to get them on the phone uh, relative to this commercial development for days. One was the tenant. One was the developer. And I finally nailed them both down on the phone. And one of them said, hey, how you doing? He said, busy, 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 busy. And the <laughs> other one said, oh, me too. Busy, 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 busy. Benjamin, what about you? And I said, oh, I'm just bored. <laughs> and, I, and I made him laugh, but I, I just thought it, it had gotten so silly because it was so much busyness. But um, we really genuinely only needed to have a five-minute conversation. And the two of them were on the same page. So, again – not trying to be the biggest, not trying to show everybody how you're the best and the fastest and the hardest working uh, to, to be successful in an area. Let, you, let the work product that you're doing show them that you're the hardest working. And that a lot of times is going the extra distance, like deals that I've had to uh, shepherd the closing in that, that really uh, – I'm doing a lot of activity that the, that the buyer's agent really should have been doing. But I didn't, it didn't matter. It was all about getting the deal done. Um, I said this earlier in the day, being grateful for and appreciative of, of small successes. But, you know, this also leads into working smarter, not harder. I think for me, what I said earlier in the interview about the story with the mountain, it taught me a momentous lesson. Uh, I knew throughout the rest of my career to be prepared. And the times that I wasn't, I would, I would have to scramble. Or I would uh, I would embarrass myself or make a mistake. So when you're going to meet with somebody, pull together your bio. Don't assume they know who you are. Pull together good comps for the listings. You know, just if you're talking to a buyer, I have I've made a property search questionnaire because I talked to somebody and their dream is to own some property. But then you go start trying to show them property, you will quickly realize they don't unless they've bought property before or had something implicit in mind. There's a lot of things they don't like or do like or need. And I mean, the, the property questionnaire that I use, it, it asks questions like, how far to a hospital? How far to a grocery? Major transportation? Are there any must-haves, must-not-haves? How do you feel about clear cuts? What about high power lines? You know, stuff like that gets people thinking. And I actually, this goes into that smarter, not harder category. I had the other day where I had a buyer looking at a track and um, he said, you know, uh, they end up asking me to show them multiple tracks to help make the decision, which I was happy to do. And one of them was my listing. Two of them were. 
and we went around, and they had told me they'd been at home writing down the pros and cons and writing down the pros and cons. And I said, I've got this property buyer questionnaire. Do you mind if I send it to you? And I know you've already we're way into this process for this questionnaire. The next day, the man thanked me. He said, my wife and I finally got on the same page. I, I kept getting frustrated with, why doesn't she like this one? And she kept getting frustrated back at me. So, again, that's just working smarter, not harder. Um, the other big thing I do is I, I stay on the lookout for potential issues. We, we touched on this earlier with the fleas on the dog thing. If you know something is going to be a problem, don't just hope it goes away. Solve it. Start, start getting your information together so that you can, you know, you can address it. And um, uh, if, if something does pop up in a deal and it's a crisis, I'm putting up my quote fingers right now, it's a crisis to those involved, don't make it your crisis. Stay calm. Be a guiding, a guiding light for them. I mean, really be their realtor. Help them, help them get through the situation and, and help nurture the deal ultimately. So I think um, – Teresa, I don't know if that answers all your questions, but those are just just some ways that um, Benjamin. She's over. She's Benjamin. That. She's over here smiling. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on between the ears. Yeah. I think he needs to make. I I, I need a poster or something. <laughs> no, you need something ben, I can put need all this stuff to, in front of my talk, face. You need to talk. You need to talk Benjamin once a week. Uh, maybe once a day for a while. <laughs> we'll get on his permit. <laughs> hey, you know we had uh, uh, Dan Don Mur, uh, Dan Murphy. On uh, with the uh, 4M group, uh, who's our uh, vice president elect? From he just won that, but well, he didn't win it. It was it, no one ran against him of our uh, Real, Realtors Land Institute National. And one of the things Teresa remember he said that uh, uh, their whole company every morning at seven o'clock, no matter where they are, and they cover three states. Mm-hmm. Uh, at seven o'clock in the morning, they have a a prayer vigil. Right. And uh, talk oh. about, yeah, uh, and that just, you know, I, I love that, and I love what you're talking about, too. And you've got a couple people in your firm as well, right? Yes, I, I've got a, a gentleman I'm uh, I'm training right now that's new to uh, this segment of, he, he's actually had his own company, so he's been uh, he's been entrepreneurial, but he's, he's new to real estate, and I've been training him. And I think he's, he's a great outdoorsman and sure. very well connected in the community. I think yeah. he's going to do fantastic. Fantastic. His name's Cody. Um, and he's he's going to be a, a great asset to the team. And then we're actually talking to some other uh, agents about leaning on with us and hanging with us. We you know we started the bro- launched the brokerage in April, so uh, we've been we've been getting some great traction and, and just been really blessed to get. Like I said, we've got a very diversified area, yeah, uh, which makes it fun too. I mean, yeah, I it can, does. We can sell lake houses. We can say sell, sell basically almost a mountain house up on Pine Mountain. Uh, you can get farmland, timberland, land. recreational hunting yeah. tracks. Yeah, you're in a great area down there. I'm familiar with it. So next thing is uh, marketing material, making material. Because I want to finish your list here uh, in this show, if I can. Um, marketing materials for listing, understanding the property you're selling. Is that what we just talked about? This this uh, sheet, which I want a copy of that, please. The uh, property search thing. I'd really like to sure. like you yeah. to share that with be us. Happy, happy to do it. For, for someone like you, it's going to be overly simplistic, but it, it just kind of helps guide folks. No, no, no. So for marketing materials and listing, uh, understanding the property you're selling, you know, Dad always taught me, if you can't sell it in five minutes, you shouldn't be selling it Bingo. at all. Bingo. And, and what he means by that, not to be taken out of context in today's rush rush world, is you should have so much knowledge about your property that you can – you can get somebody to love that property and understand it within five minutes. That's what he means by that. So, you know, as land agents, um, it's really, really important that you really, really know that property. I, I, um, especially how we present ourselves to those that are looking at the property. So for me, if I'm asked to market a property, the, the first thing I do is I obviously get the, you know, the public record and such that I can find on the property. I'm asked to, I then come out and I, I hike the property. I literally come out, I park my truck, and I hike the property. And if, if you can't hike the property, I understand, but at least go out and visit it, look around the best you can in your car from different angles and different places, try to try to study aerials. Uh, if you can't hike the property, I would definitely invest in a, in a drone so you can kind of pop up and look and, and see what's going on there. But, um, you know, I try to get to know a property, Lou, second to the owner. 
And sometimes I know the property better than the owner. I had a track down here that was an old, old, old Columbus family, and nobody had been on the track in 55 years. Wow. And it was it was unbelievable. I felt like Indiana Jones out yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I can, uh, I can visualize it. But, yeah. it. but basically, um, yeah. you know, for me, I... I, I think it's personal for everybody. There's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful marketing listing services and uh, potential out there. You know, Land Land Hub is definitely one of those that I utilize. Absolutely, it can get stuff out to social media and to blast it out. I've got others that I use, and then I've got my own web page that for me I designed my own web page and built it. But it's all about what are you putting into these things. So for me, I take really high quality photography. I'm, I'm really big on doing. Uh, Detailed mapping. It's not necessarily a bunch of things on the map, but just having a, a map people can interact with is important to me. Yep. Um, I, I also, I personally shoot my own drone footage, but I used to fly helicopters. So for me, flying a drone around on a property is a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. And then I get to go home and, and produce it. And you know, I had the other day there was a there's another agent in this area, and he was out on his listing. And no offense to him, but he said, "Hey, you know, on a social media thing." Here's a couple pictures of us shooting the drone today, and then, you know, a week later it was, here's a couple snapshots that have been sent to me, and then finally a week after that he got his drone, where I can, because I'm passionate about it, I can go shoot a drone and literally have it on my webpage by that afternoon. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody should do that, but if there's things that you're passionate about that you like, do that because then you can take some ownership of your listing, yeah. and, and you can really... It gets it becomes tangible to you. Another thing that I do is I study the area, I study the schools, the towns, the food, the groceries, hospital, major attractions. Uh, you know, there's transportation, rivers, lakes, etc. And every property is going to have different attributes to it that are special and and different. And so I just Again, unless you do all these things to really get to know the property that you're selling, you, you don't want to be just like a you know guy that slapped your or girl that slapped your ad on there with your with your name. You you want to invest some time into it. Show them that you care. People will come look at your land. That's the things that we practice, and those are the things I teach. And you're spot on on that. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know I tell people you know. Without getting into commissions, I'm not doing that because they're not supposed to. But when I list something and, and, and negotiate whatever the commission is, I say, I own that percentage of your property. I'm now your partner because, in fact, that's what you are. And as a partner, I, wanna, I want to, to uh, you know, know as much about the properties I can. And you'll find we do a lot of estate sales. It's where we get a lot of our listings. And the heirs, they have no idea. They haven't been on the property in 50 years or some of them never been on it. Right. And, uh, and uh, yep, you got you got to grab the bull by the horn. But, uh, you know, uh, that that's the way it should be done. And, and unfortunately, our industry doesn't have land education uh, formally other than the Realtors Land Institute. This radio talk show and the four-hour CE class that's approved by the North Carolina Real Estate Commission, I have, I have the only land class in the United States that I can find that a realtor can go to and get CE credits towards keeping their license active. This is it's just our industry, and I'm sorry. And you, the public out there, you don't know this because we don't tell you. So uh, that's why I promote Realtors Land Institute. That's why I have Benjamin Carter on, Jr., and other folks like him uh, because we want the public to know that there are people out there that have the passion and the willingness and the knowledge and the experience that can make you money if you're selling or save you money if you're buying. Uh, this, this is uh, where we are. Okay. Um, identifying what is important to the buyer looking at your listing find a common thread and then pull it we're going to unravel it if you pull so, it aren't you <laughs> like, <laughs> so you know you get you get back to that can't sell it in five minutes shouldn't be selling a thing so when we when we have somebody out to a property um, and they're coming to look at our listing and you've, you've gotten them in your truck or you're walking around or whatever uh just take a minute to try to talk with them a little bit uh, and, and find out things they're interested in because until that moment, unless they've looked, looked with you before and worked with you before, they don't know you from anybody. So human nature is we're going to be a little bit guarded. I mean, at least you should be, and um, that's natural. But if I'm talking to somebody and 
all of a sudden they tell me where they're from, talk to them out a little bit. Next thing I come to find out is they love to fish, saltwater fishing. And I say, oh, I love fishing for reds in the inshore. It's just my favorite. And you see them light up. All of a sudden you've gone from being a complete stranger to you have just loaded a whole relatable thing to them that then makes you not just, you know, the agent, you're a human. And and you get to start maybe even somebody they might see themselves being, you know, more comfortable to talk with. And by doing that, uh, you can find out things. Another thing you can find out is if if you if you've got a track that's diversified, it's got creeks, it's got bottoms, it's got agriculture, it's got timber, pine trees and hardwoods, and you've got somebody that's all about creeks and hardwoods and you're showing them over the pine and ag that's not the way to show them what they really want to see. Now, you should show them all those attributes of the property, but just make sure you also highlight what they really love. Let, let them spend more time with what they really love. Isn't it great being in God's world, especially out on a piece of land and nature and all this stuff? You know, I always love when I'm out showing a piece of property and I'm into it, you know, and um, I'll stop. You know, I see the people are getting interested, and it's, you, you can tell. You know, they're, they're relating to the stream or the outcroppings or the flora or the fauna or the wildlife. And uh, I'll stop. Teresa, I, stood, I did it to her the other day on one of my listings. She was previewing with me, 48 acres. And we were just enjoying it. It was a beautiful day, you know, just the perfect. So I, I, do, I did to her what I do to people. I stop and I turn around and I look at them. I put my, my hand up over my mouth and I said, oh, my gosh, I just realized something. You, you guys may not really like this property. And, of course, they'll always say, well, what do you mean, why? We, we love it, you know? I said, no, I don't think this is the right property for you. And then they'll say, like, well, what, what do you mean? I said, well, it's just so daggum noisy out here. I don't know why anybody would want to live anywhere around. <laughs> and, of course, the only thing you can hear is the birds and the woodpeckers pecking, you know, sending messages out on the trees. And, and the critter running down and the, and the little uh, minnows in the stream or whatever it is. And they look at me like, right. Lou, that's why we love this place. I said, well, I just wanted to make sure this, this is something that you would enjoy. So, you know, it's just a way of breaking the ice, too. It's fun. <laughs> well, and I, 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 picked, I do that similarly. I love picking on them. Walking and when yeah. I tell they've really settled in, you, sure. can feel, you can feel Oh, you can the, feel it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can feel the energy. In yeah, and the body down. language. I will, I'll tell them uh, – Man, it's really stressful out here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it fun? Oh, what a what a great vocation we have. And I agree with you. You know, you I um, I also say that uh, let God's property speak for itself. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that uh, you know we're just a guide. We okay. really are. Well, that's um, what we want know, to talk if, about. Even on things that where man has worked the earth and such, it, it still was his earth, and it, it's it's a fun thing that you can just. Uh, really truly be a, a steward of God's creation and, and and helping people see too how they can maybe enjoy it because sometimes people are kind of intimidated by land exactly. not all people know what all they want to do but you can you can tell them about it and uh, you can let them be excited about it and uh, again it's, it's God's creation and we're just stewards and guides the other thing I use too is if it's a, if it's the right property and the right people you know you we're in the Garden of Eden right here Mm-hmm. You know, we're actually in the Garden of Eden. Look, you, you can survive here. Look at all the potential. Uh, look what God's given you. Uh, you know, this this is uh, this is a, a bountiful land that uh, that's uh, that, that's I think perfect for you. So, <clears throat> be humble when you don't, and learn. Then learn the answer, right? Yeah. So that's I think I've, I've touched on it probably already throughout this. I mean, that's, you that's have. just a, a paramount okay. thing. Is, Reinforce. Uh, be humble. Don't be prideful. If you don't know the answer, find it out, and, and don't make something up. Just just get back to them about it, and uh, you know you'll you'll keep yourself from getting in a lot of predicaments. Uh, and and just again, goes back to the beginning of this this interview: the integrity and the honesty. If you, if you keep doing that, and you work hard, and you have passion about what you're doing, the successes will come. Mm-hmm. You get the right people around you, like like Lou, that know what they're doing and can teach. Um, you know, I was blessed to have substantial mentors. I, I did not come upon all this on my own. What's wonderful is I've grown into a knowledge through experience, and I, and I get to do some things kind of my own way now. But um, I've got all that foundation of my youth and, and the teaching that I got. 
I'm going to switch uh, things here. One thing that I failed to do, and I apologize for this. Usually we mention your website several times during the show, and I apologize for, for missing that aspect, but I'm going to catch up with you, all right? If you guys are not driving, uh, a lot of people like to follow our shows along with our interviewee, and uh, it's www, the letter C, the letter L, the letter L, and the letter R and E. So uh, it's uh, CLLRE.com. So make a note of that. It will be uh, uh, published on our, our uh, master website, www. Let's Talk Land, along with our uh, interviewer's email address. I want to, uh, you, you're involved, uh, uh, you're in Divinity School currently, is that right? Yes, I'm in Divinity School, and then I have a uh, ministry outreach that I've, I've already started called Yeah, Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I found, Teresa and I found that most interesting. Yes, I'd absolutely like to. So if you go to First Samuel 26, there, there's a story that, that most um, that have read the Bible know. But those who do not, uh, David went into Saul's camp. Saul was after David um, and trying to kill David. And Saul was sleeping in the camp. They were at war in a, in a desert area, and he had a spear and a water jug with him. Obviously, for war in a desert, those would be substantially important. So... While they were there, David only took one man with him, and that one man was Abishai. And Abishai was not the, the head of any of David's, per se, mighty men of, of, of ruling, but he was obviously someone that David entrusted to come with him and, and honorable. And by biblical accounts, Abishai had slain over 300 men with his spear. So David's stoutest enemy is in front of him, and David is with Abishai. Abishai picks up the spear while... Saul is sleeping there down on the ground in front of him and says, I'm going to paraphrase here, let me run him through, meaning just one strike and he will be done. Your adversary will be done. And so this is where David basically tells Abishai, we're not here to do that today. God is with us. The, the reason I say all that as a preface to Abishai's men is Abishai's men is a ministry with a trident of three things. It's, it's Christ-centered men's fellowship to, to men veterans coming out of military service and helping transition. So much like Abishai, we, we don't question the amazing successes and abilities of these warriors and all they've done and the just immense sacrifices they've made for our country uh, and, and their families' commitment to such and, and nothing against the, the women out there that have done the same. But we focus primarily on a men's fellowship and what we do is we take these men out on properties. They're men that are in transition out of military service, and we do events that have precision shooting, uh, small arm shooting. Uh, we do recurve and fishing and hunting. It's a weekend event, and we group up with folks like the Special Operator Transition Foundation is a group that we've worked with before, okay. groups that are helping these men into transition. Um, so basically uh, – What's wonderful about it is, again, back to land, we're using the land. We hold these events on private properties, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We, we get together and have all this camaraderie in the morning doing the events. We have a big lunch, and then we have Christian speakers that come in and then have a spiritual check-in with the guys after that that have all been sitting together all morning long and, and getting to know each other a little bit. Um, it's, it's been a, a really wonderful program. I've, I've been blessed to be a part of it, and uh, – the reason I even thought of it was a good friend of mine that, that came out of the Rangers, and I know how complicated it was to go from being the, you know, the leader of a team of six in Afghanistan to then trying to integrate in the corporate structure and, and be a father, be a husband, uh, be a leader in the community is complicated. So, much like Abishai, we're not questioning their warriorness. What we're talking about is God is with us, and as we move forward, this is the way we will go. All right. Do you have any events coming up in the future? We're currently targeting an event in December. We're okay. actually um, we're, we're trying to identify the land property that we're going to hold the event on in December. Mm -hmm. We usually run them once or twice a year. Okay. Is there a website they so can anybody? go to that you'll post that? Yes, it's um, www.abishaismen. You're going to have to help us with that one. Abishais, A-B-I-S-H-A-I. -I. Okay. And what part of the world? Southeast United States. Okay. To be determined. Yes. How many right. participants, have, have, like in the last last one you had? How, how many people show up for one of these? 
And how do you solicit so them? So we, we purposely have a small group because we, we want it to be an, uh, um, where there's an intimate fellowship between uh, the participants and, and the volunteers. So we usually keep about a two-to-one ratio of volunteers to participants. We'll have 12 participants, and we break them into four teams, of th- uh, three teams of four. Fantastic. Teresa, I'm going to put you on the spot yep. again. All right. What have you learned today? To be the best, not the biggest. I like that. I like that, too. I like that. That one kind of stuck with me. Yeah. I tell you what, what a great presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I think we should uh, invite all the real estate agents to listen to this show. What do you think? I like it. Benjamin. With about a minute and a half left, uh, is there anything in your presentation this morning that uh, we missed or anything that you would like to follow up with? Well, first off, I'd just like to, to thank the three of y'all, Lou and um, Teresa and, and Rodney. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the opportunity and the blessing to come on to the show. And uh, it's uh, it's been a wonderful time. I really appreciate it. Great. You've been a wonderful guest. Is there anything that we missed in, in your presentation that you want to reinforce or remind people of I, I think we've pretty much covered it okay all right so how do they get in touch with you they're going to contact me at my cell phone or the web page my cell phone is 404-285-8102 again that's benjamin carter 404-285-8102 or you can reach us on our web page at c l l r e dot com that's c l l r e dot com that's an abbreviation for carter legacy lands real estate c l l r e dot com and your e- email address if you'd like to present that sure benjamin at c l l r e dot com one last quick quick one last quick question what gets you up in the morning give me about 10 seconds on that one because that's going to be an easy one Honestly, I'm blessed to have been through a lot. Uh, I've been through a lot of, of uh, tough life experience that then ultimately God used to his purposes. And uh, when, I'm, when I awake, uh, I quickly get in touch with him, and I know what he's given me uh, to nurture as far as my wife, my children, uh, the company I'm blessed to have, the ministry he's called me to. Fantastic. What a great testimony. What a great show today. And I'm serious. I, I, we're going to tell our social media guys that I think every real estate agent out there needs to listen to your show. It's so inspiring. And Teresa's yeah. right. right. Uh, you, you know, I hate to, hate to uh, well, I don't hate to. I'm proud to, yeah. to, uh, to recommend that you uh, uh, work on something a little more formal that you can share with people because uh, you're a great motivator. You got me and you got Teresa and I mm-hmm. uh, all excited this morning. And uh, that's what it's all about, helping each other uh, and God's creation. So uh, God bless you. Uh, Rodney, here we go. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we would appreciate them. All of our questions are welcomed, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows are downloaded this morning, uh, are downloaded uh, on our the show this morning to our master website, www.letstalkland.net, no apostrophe, letstalkland.net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? They can call me at 336-209-2937 or email me at teresa.mylandpro at gmail.com. And my email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell number is 336-669-1405. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. Great, great, great website. I strongly recommend it. If you're looking to buy or sell land, landhub.com previews thousands of property nationwide. Right now, how to get in touch with us here. Well, Lou, they can go to our website. That'll be up and running hopefully in another week or so. Okay. WKTE1090.com. And they can also download the simple radio app and hear us anywhere in the world. How simple is that? Teresa? Pretty simple. That's right.
and we only play what? Happy music. That's you want, it. You want to be happy? Yes. All the time. It is. It's what? Beach, Beach music. Beach and oldies. Yeah. Yes. That's the only kind of music that makes you happy. That's what I grew up on. And we've won some nice awards. Yeah, seven years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast. East Coast? East That's Coast. like from Maine to uh, Key West? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you won a nice award. Yeah, the uh, Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Well, imagine that. Mm-hmm. All right, another great show. Appreciate you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. God bless you and take care.